it's really about as an enterprise or a company, you know, I want to know exactly what's going on for each touchpoint for any of my customers or prospects in their journey with our enterprise. And so what interaction analytics actually does is it leverages speech, text, and vision AI models to actually go in and analyze all of those touch points. So, you know, whether or not we're having a conversation, whether or not we are uh, via a phone, maybe we are having a conversation over a chatbot, either a business owner or a, uh, a strategic business unit don't have time to go and review all of that. Veritone presents Adventures in AI, the podcast that dives into the many ways artificial intelligence is shaping the future for the better. I'm your host, Kevin Ells, and today we'll be talking with Corey Hill, who works here at Veritone in data cloud engineering and professional services. We're talking about how AI for interaction analytics works and how it is used to provide a variety of benefits to businesses. Corey, welcome. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, absolutely pleasure to be here um, speaking to you today about interaction analytics. Um, just a little bit of background on me. Definitely joined as a senior solutions engineer with the AIware Solutions team. And I'm really just laser focused on trying to democratize, democratize the AI revolution um, and working with our customers to help uh, leverage some of the powers of AI to do things at scale that previously were fairly unattainable. Excellent. Well, we're really excited to have you here, Corey. Uh, it's been fun to be working with you so far. And um, let's just jump right into things. Uh, our audience may not understand what interaction analytics is. Would you mind helping define that for us? Absolutely. So when I kind of look at interaction analytics from a, a kind of a larger vision perspective, for me, it's really about as an enterprise or a company, you know, I want to know exactly what's going on for each touchpoint for any of my customers or prospects in their journey with our enterprise. And so what interaction analytics actually does is it leverages speech, text, and vision AI models to actually go in and analyze all of those touch points. So, you know, whether or not we're having a conversation, whether or not we are uh, via a phone, maybe we are having a conversation over a chatbot. Um, perhaps, you know, it may be I've done a social media post um, somewhere in the grand universe that is social media. And, you know, as a, as a either a business owner or a, uh, a strategic business unit, I really just don't have time to go and review all of that. Yep, that makes sense. And we're going to jump in a little later into some of the use cases and all the many, many different ways that this can be used with all the different uh, types of content that comes in. And speaking of types of content, still 80% of the world's data is unstructured content, and it's growing at 30 to 60% a year, according to Gartner. This means there's a lot of opportunity there to find information in this content. What kind of content are we looking at here, and why is it so complicated to get information out of it? Yeah, that's a great question, Kevin. I think, you know, t taking a little bit of a step back and looking at you know, the fact that with Web 2.0, we're talking a lot of media that's being inserted into our daily lives, right? So we're talking about um, conversations via uh, call centers. We're talking about web forms, talking about uh, AI chatbots, human-driven chatbots, um, emails, uh, and obviously, you know, imagery and, and, and video. And so, you know, essentially, by having this vast array of content, none of that's text searchable, none of it's aggregatable, none of it's really able to kind of be blended with that structured data, the other 20% of, of, you know, an enterprise's data universe, in a way that enables people to actually drive decisions, uh, pull those levers to affect things like um, 
time to resolution, customer satisfaction, but also looking at things in the greater scheme of things from the perspective of customer lifetime value. I mean, imagine if you had the capability to actually go in and review and search and really understand what's going on in all of those touch points at scale. Think about how you can apply change within your organization to actually drive the business outcomes for your specific business unit. It makes sense. And we should probably make clear that what structured content is, is think of it as database-driven, table-driven type content, your CRM system, your spreadsheets, uh, really well-organized metadata and indexes, something we're all very familiar with and we work with in most of our systems today. When you have access to this information, or uh, what is the challenge of really getting information out of this? Is it, I mean, it's not hard to listen to an audio file. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, it's really not hard, but imagine you have, uh, you know, a several hundred person call center that's recording, you know, 2000 hours of calls every day. Now you have one human that tries to, as the, you know, the call center manager, try to, to assess all of that information at scale. Again, you know, kind of what we talked about a little early on, that's, that's fairly inattainable. So it's either not really going to be efficient for a human to do it, um, or it's going to be so expensive to actually get an assessment of all of that visualization, all of that content into a place where, to your point, you know, it can be blended with that structured data that helps us to actually understand, okay, well, maybe we understood uh, the sentiment or we understood you know, what was said, but what was the actual business outcome, right? And so that's going to be associated with um, that that business unit's databases and their information. And so it's really about creating this bigger picture across all of those things. And so when you think about interactions, kind of what we talked about, there's a multitude of platforms, there's a multitude of file types, right? And so you have to be able to account for all of that in your ingestion process, but you also need to output that information in, in a useful way that helps people kind of take it and actually drive decisions off of it. So, you know, even if you have this audio recording and you have, you know, a date timestamp, maybe you have the uh, the customer account ID that's associated with the file name, you know, when it was, but doesn't really tell you what's actually going on inside of that conversation, in that touch point, in that, that interaction. Yeah, you... Um for a digital experience manager, you would like to understand if that's a if it's positive or negative, and if obviously if it's negative, to elevate it as quickly as possible, and if it's positive, um, maybe elevate that too. You know, the CEO of one of our biggest cu uh, customers is super happy right now. Uh, good time to contact him, and maybe um, maybe a little upsell might be in order at this time, versus <laughs> uh, try to sell on a bad day. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point, right? So. When you're when you're looking at things, there's always the opportunity to improve where there are there are chances to improve. But you know, when when we jump on a lot of these calls and call centers, you know, you get that prefix of you know all calls will be recorded for quality and training purposes, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is really about taking training to the next level and scaling that up to everything that's currently being said in that call center, in that social media platform, and really kind of taking that information as a you know service manager, to your point, a digital experience manager, and really, again, trying to drive home uh, the outcomes that your organization is looking for. And you can also be keeping an eye on your data, too. Um, I imagine in compliance, you want to make sure when these phone calls are going on that people aren't saying the wrong things or representing the company wrong. And it's impossible for having one person listen to every other person's conversation. You almost need two people for every conversation, and that's just that's just not practical. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's totally unscalable, right? And if you 
if you think about it, you know, compliance is not only from a regulatory perspective, but, you know, there may be some internal policy that you want to dictate and ensure that, you know, your sales agents are discussing uh, the value proposition before they get into pricing and service level agreements. And so, you know, to your point, from a sentiment perspective, we could also look at it from, you know, the perspective of, oh, well, when salesperson one communicates um, their kind of proposition of the pricing and service level agreements, over time, we see a positive correlation to the, the number of deals closed. Hmm. Whereas person two may have a different, slightly different phrasing, a slightly different delivery. And so this gives you the ability to say, okay, hey, person two, let's look at what person one is saying and how can you take that, internalize it and communicate it in your own way. And to your point, you know, if, if we had to have <laughs> person two listen to all of person one's calls and vice versa, like no one's going to be able to answer the phone. So right. we really have to help to drive some of those uh, those conversations by putting AI in the mix and helping people to scale from that perspective. Fascinating. You know, this sounds like some great concepts, but how do I get to this data? How do I extract this information using artificial intelligence? Through the, the Veritone platform, we definitely look to make ourselves compatible with as many different ways to bring data in and also return data. So, you know, a lot of times what we actually start with our customers is, is a quick descriptive analysis, right? So what's actually happened in the past? What type of insights and trends and things can we learn of pre-existing audio recordings or pre-existing social media posts? And taking that information, we read it into our platform. We, for audio or video, will perform a transcription on that. So that's effectively taking speech yep. and turning it into text. And so instantaneously now we have made our our data file that much more usable, right? Because now it's searchable. Now we can index it. Now we can aggregate it. Now we can add, you know, more color to that, that information around what we have in our internal databases. And so from there, you know, what we do generally is depending on the use case, we'll then chain cognition, right? So now that we've got this transcription, we want to actually perform sentiment analysis on the words that are being spoken. We don't want to return just, hey, here's a block transcript of our entire conversation. We actually want to understand who's speaking when, got it, what they're saying, and how they're kind of feeling as they're communicating that. And that really helps us to drive those insights as to how to pull those levers and change the conversation and pivot the messaging to again arrive at that that business outcome that we're all we're all trying to get closer to. So you can find the speakers, the times, the topics, special words you're looking for, even the sentiment you're telling me. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And so beyond just uh, transcribing audio, what other kinds of artificial intelligence engines can, can be used on this kind of content? Imagine, well, I know we can work obviously with video, so you can find uh, people's faces and logos. I can imagine that can be pretty useful for some people. Is there any um, AI technology that we're using that, well, that you know what we're using that I might not know of? I guess you don't know what I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I should ask, what of the, most, of the technology most excites you? Kevin, I think you know quite a bit, so uh, I, it might not be a, <laughs> a very me, long right? answer. So. News to our audience. News to our audience. <laughs> For sure. And so, yeah, I think um, the the idea of kind of chaining cognition gives us a lot of opportunities to, to add traditional value to point solutions, right? So maybe 
you know, as an enterprise uh, solution, we're not just saying, hey, we're going to help the sales team or, hey, we're going to work with the marketing department or, hey, we're going to work with operations in this call center perspective. You know, we are actually doing things like um, other computer vision. So, you know, doing object detection, face detection, um, determining the kind of the the ability to say, cool, I understand from a classification perspective what things are being said during this. Are they talking uh, about sports? Are they talking about entertainment and media um, to help kind of give you multiple angles as to approach how you're, you're, you're looking at this information? So I think it's the thing that, that excites me the most isn't necessarily one piece of cognition. It's the fact that the platform lets you really chain all of these different things to provide a different lens and, and kind of really get a better understanding of how you can communicate that to different stakeholders throughout the organization in ways that are meaningful for them. So we know there's all types of analytics that are provided. There's reports and trading, and we can see patterns, and everybody can look at dashboards with charts and trends. Uh, this is really good insight, uh, but you can also provide alerts at real time because this content can be read and ingested at real time. I can see these are some great opportunities where, where people are definitely interacting with people at real time. What would you see as one of the benefits for, say, a call center or a customer service manager? So, you know, as a contact center or customer service manager, my number one goal is reducing that time to resolution. So I want the, the customer or the prospect to call in. I want to be able to provide them with, with a response and, you know, with an answer that makes them feel good about their decision to engage with our organization. And so, and I want to do that as quickly as possible so that I can get to as many customers as I can. Um, as and make sure again that outcome is is a, is exactly what the customer is expecting. So really, you know, what we we can help to identify are you know what are the the most time consuming product service or product or service requests that are coming across the line, and when agents are having a difficult time kind of moving to the next stage of that conversation, we can start to analyze. You know, maybe there is a more structured way. Maybe there's a better approach that we can take to actually resolving that question. And so then it kind of goes back to, again, that, that concept of you've got agent A and agent B, and they're doing things slightly differently. Um, this gives us the ability to review that at scale and really kind of in a granular way so that we can say, hey, agent two or agent B, uh, whatever that guy's name is, um, how can we get you to perform more like agent A when we're talking about the service level agreements or we're talking about how to um, upgrade your, your cell phone in, in, from this, this call center perspective. And I imagine it could be listening to the conversation in parallel with the agent, listening, analyzing, and even providing insight to the agent on a screen saying, here's some suggestions you may want to give them. So it's like almost somebody listening in the side, whispering in your ear, here's some tips based on what I hear you could help this person with. Yeah, absolutely. And we're definitely looking at the, the near real time um, capabilities and that space to deliver. And so that's kind of where we would get into uh, more of our advanced in engagements with our customers and doing what I talked a little bit about earlier in the, the descriptive analysis that helps set the frame of, okay, what do we need to go and look more at and how do we develop a an algorithm or, or some sort of um, predictive capability that helps us to be more prescriptive in that kind of in this in the, in the moment, right? So it's not, hey, Susan uh, had a terrible engagement with our customer or sorry, with our company, you know, how do we call her back? Or how do we send her an email? It's, 
oh, well, we've noticed that the sentiment during this call is slowly dropping off. What things can Hmm. we do to bring that conversation back into a territory where we feel confident that Susan has taken away what she needs and that, you know, there's no, there's kind of no bad feelings about that engagement. That's interesting. Yeah. And I think it always comes down to really, from a sentiment perspective, you know, you want to prevent churn. Um, we also want the ability to, to, from a compliance perspective, and maybe it's more considered policy in this perspective, but making sure that the, the agent themselves are following the prescribed protocol of approach, right? And making sure that yep. you know, as we do offer these more prescriptive changes to, uh, to the call script or to the, the way that those agents engage, um, it's, it's really about helping them to, to kind of understand what those takeaways need to look like and, and training them up. Um, in a certain way without really having to complete surveys, without having to, to go off the deep end and really try to do add additional touch points with the, with the outcome of trying to understand previous touch points, right? So it, yep. it, it kind of continues to build on itself over and over. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm personally in marketing and sales, and we're always trying to measure the success of our programs. One of the advantages of this technology is the ability to look for things in social media, monitor social media, listen for words, look for pictures. I'm thinking of what happened uh, just recently with Elon Musk and Dogecoin and how we, uh, just one tweet that he put out increased the value of a, a cryptocurrency by 100% in, in minutes. Um, it would be great for us to know, Veritone, uh, when people are talking positive and negative about us and certainly to share that information when it's been positive and to address the challenges of when it's negative. Uh, do you see other ways marketing and sales can take advantage of this technology and any examples of how um, how that data would be ingested? You know, I'm working with a, another customer here on a, a social media project and, you know, their goal is to help drive decisions in the product um, from a programming perspective on how to, um, how to deliver the best experience for their users. And by doing kind of starting that off with, let's do a descriptive analysis on, okay, cool, let's look at what users are saying in your community, but now let's actually look at what those users are saying in other communities that either may be complementary or may be competitive to you. So mm-hmm. maybe we notice that, you know, there's um, one or one set of users has a, a, a high post rate in your competitors' channels. And what we want to go do is understand, is that high post, are they bad-mouthing your product? Are they... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are they basically saying, hey, this product is way better than than your competitor? And so really without understanding how we could turn that, that video review or um, understand like what's in the actual picture. So think about it from a video review perspective. Someone maybe have done maybe has done a product review of your newest product. Um, you know that there's always kind of the the <laughs> for lack of a better word, there's kind of the clickbaity title that's like we reviewed this company, see what happens next, or the, right. the outcome is going to surprise you. Well, that doesn't really tell you a whole lot about what that person's saying um, and how they're feeling about that. And so what we can do is go in and take that, that, that media data and actually make it searchable, make it aggregatable, make it you know, digestible for someone who wants to understand you know, what that person is saying. And now that we actually have this information, it's driving future messaging, right? So yep. we actually understand you know, what people are saying, how they're saying it, and how they feel about it, that's incredibly powerful to help drive customers in kind of the, the 
the right direction to understand your products, to understand how to communicate about your products. And I think it really gives a, an opportunity for companies to do that at scale. Um, you know, the other thing may be that, hey, someone posts a, a random picture and say, hey, loving my new product, but they don't say what the product is. So mm-hmm. we could actually train a library of your products as a, you know, one of our partners or customers and say, cool, we know what all your products look like. So now let's look not only what products are in the pictures that your, your users are posting, but what other companies are, are, are there? Are they drinking a, a Bud Light and, while reading a specific book? Um, mm-hmm. That is kind of like that, you know, customer 360 is kind of a big thing that's been talked about for a while. This is yep. like in my head, this is almost like customer 3D, right? Like we're taking it to a completely different plane of understanding where people can say, great, you know, I can see things without looking at them personally and get kind of a nice digest of what that information is telling me. So, you know, to go back to the example of maybe there's a a Bud Light in the picture, well, maybe you find that (laughs) a lot of your customers are Bud Light drinkers. And so now that gives you the opportunity to drive, you know, data-driven partnership decisions as well. So you can go to to Budweiser and say, hey, you know, all of our customers are drinking your beer while they're, you know, doing X, Y, and Z with our products. Yep maybe we should actually talk about co-sponsoring a campaign or figuring out a way to you know release products in a way that that are that coincide with things that you're doing in in your product roadmap as well makes sense perfect so we have agencies for managing our pr and one of their jobs is to monitor our pr monitor our competition and uh provide a basically a clipping report, all the press releases, everything, so we can keep up on the stuff. It's going to put people like this out of a job. So, But they're going to have jobs. How do you see the, the complement of AI changing how people's current jobs are today? You know, that's kind of the fundamental question that everyone wants to know the answer to, right? And I think, you know, to your point, a prior CTO of mine tells kind of a great anecdotal story about when Henry Ford created the, the the automobile, right? No one was thinking about uh, the individuals whose job it was to go out in the street and sweep up after the horse-drawn carriages, right? And so, you know, those guys likely were out of that position. But imagine now they're kind of doing things in a, in another space. And so, what we're really trying to get to in in the point of AI is that dispel kind of this rumor that people it's going to people are going to be replaced by robots obviously you know that that's that's a debate for another podcast i assume i look um, forward to it <laughs> hopefully you'll have me back for that one but i think you know really what it, it it enables people to do is kind of absolve themselves from the mundane task of trying to listen to a call recording trying to mm-hmm. look at every single piece of social media that exists out there to make a, a strong decision and it actually enables them to focus on the decision and focus on, you know, how to make better, how to make better decisions, how to incorporate this into the grander scheme of what I am doing as an individual. And so it's it's about, you know, the idea always relates back to me. It's like at some point you're either doing data entry or you're trying to ingest data personally. What this actually enables you to do is pivot to become more of a subject matter expert of what the results are and driving the results and focusing on how you can actually go and affect change within your organization versus spending the time to get up to speed and understand what to communicate to other stakeholders in your org. 
This is fascinating technology, and it's exciting, and um, it's just growing in our organization today. How can our listeners see this in action or try it themselves and learn more? That's a great question. I think, you know, as, as you talk about a compelling subject or topic, you know, people are always left wondering what's next for me. And I think, you know, one of the best places to start in that, uh, that perspective is to check out our website. Um, we've got a, a solution section that's based on industry. So again, you know, we are, we're trying to position and present this as a, a way to help the entire enterprise. So again, we're not just talking to an operations manager, brand manager, marketing sales. This is kind of the enterprise-wide um, opportunity. And so it, it's great depending on what your role is. You know, maybe you're in the C-suite and you want to understand how to impact things you know, in your specific business unit. Maybe you are a business unit owner and uh, you want to, to understand how to uh, impact things in your specific business unit. Um, I think the website gives you a good, good contextual way to understand like how you can start asking the right questions to your leadership or the folks that are working with you to help derive kind of what, what things that you were looking to achieve from an outcomes perspective. And then, you know, once you have that idea, we would love for you to reach out to us. Um, we've got some great forms on the website. We've got a, a bunch of calls to action there as well to basically just set up a demo for us, right? So we, yep. we'll, we'll sit there and talk to you really more about understanding where you are and where you're trying to go and then try to provide you with kind of a, a nice contextual way of here's how we can get started again from that descriptive of here's, you know, what we're seeing in this these data sets that, that you're you're looking to, to achieve more value from um, yep. and then kind of go from there. For our listeners who are not familiar with Veritone's operating system, AIware, AIware provides a method to allow you to write your software without having to specify which AI technology you need to surface. You can write saying, I need facial recognition, and our operating system will allow it to surface various AI technology for facial recognition, one of many different AI engines, and allow you to choose and adapt based on what nuances of that AI engine may be available to make the software perform its best for your particular requirements. And this can be for any type of AI engine, not just for facial recognition. It could be for sentiment or for text analysis or logo recognition. Really over 300 engines are available now. And you can have access to this system. You can actually get a free trial um, on our website. So you can go ahead and register and let your developers go ahead and um, try it themselves and get some of the experience without having to even invest any money. So it's it's a nice opportunity there just to, to it's it's great to be able to hear about it, but it's much more rewarding to try it and use it yourself. Uh, we call uh, a platform called Automate Studio, and it's really a low-code development tool. And it integrates with other applications. Like you came from the Ultrix space, if I'm not mistaken, Corey, you've been using Ultrix for quite a long time. We integrate right into the Ultrix platform. So if you're familiar with Ultrix, you can just build it. In, well, we could you explain it better since you're the Ultrix guy? <laughs> Absolutely. So I think um, from our perspective, we have our Automate Studio offering, which is essentially a way to drag and drop um, different cognition and different process into kind of a, an RPA-like um, visual interface. Robotic process automation. So to your mm -hmm. point, you know, as you're you are analyzing which which specific cognitive engine works best for your use case. It's not let's go reinvent or rebuild an entire integration. It's kind of going to a drop down box and saying, I actually want to to migrate from engine one two three to engine ABC. And so um, I think that that's kind of our our low code 
dev tool space that gives folks the ability to make changes kind of more closely to the speed of business once they've gotten the um, the integration completed um, from a baseline perspective. And then you take Altrix and Altrix is kind of another integration or another platform that helps users access the the flows in Automate Studio. So really like you think Altrix, they do a really good job at doing ETL um, and they do it in a really user-friendly way. And so what we really wanted to tap into is enabling um, those Altrix users to access that other 80% of rich media or unstructured data that they currently yeah. don't have a great way of accessing in the platform today. And we're also offloading a lot of that, that processing work to our scalable platform that actually lives in the cloud. And so it, you're really talking about a, a twofold kind of benefit, or as I like to refer to it, it's kind of the jetpack for the Altrix user and getting into the democratization of AI, right? So it's it's very yep. straightforward. It, it, it puts AI in a position that's kind of that familiar face of Altrix, and it doesn't add a whole lot of learning curve to that process. So people can get jump-started very quickly and see the results and drive the outcome and blend that information um, that they're, that's coming back from our cognitive tools into uh, the, the databases and other data sources that they're already familiar with using, right? And so what our product team has done a great job in is helping people to ingest that media directly from Altrix, retrieve the results back into their workflow, and then also take that a step further and parse it in such a way that, again, it's, it's super blendable with sales data or... Um, or the operations data related to the outcomes of your of, of your call center, or you know your your marketing spend for specific yep. partnerships or specific social media platforms as well. Got it. Thank you. I think this is coming to the end of our our episode today. Uh, would you like to take a stab at summarizing what we've discussed here, or would you like to? I'm going to give it a stab, and then you can give me some color commentary, all right? <laughs> you can be the host for a second here. I'll be the guest. Sounds great. So what we've learned today is really AI can now help automate the use of unstructured content like never before and give you access to information and insight that can help you save you tens of thousands or millions of dollars, depending on the size of your organization. It's going to boost productivity of your employees, give you better insight, give you better experiences, and hopefully uh, give you happier customers and and also happier employees because it'll make their jobs easier too. I guess that's a very layman's way of describing what we talked about. Would you like to give me a more technical summary or anything else you'd like to share before we sign off here today? No, I think that was a great summary. Uh, you captured on all the, the major points that I think we, we, we like to in, engage our customers and partners with and understanding. I think you know the, the net of it is we are really enabling the enterprise of any level and any size to really understand exactly what's going on with every touch point they have with a prospect and a customer along that customer's journey. And without AI that, you know, we've talked about this, that's a really, really tough challenge to solve for in a cost-effective or time-effective way. Instead of just offering a point solution or you know a single outcome, we're actually looking to leverage all of the different cognitive capabilities of our of our platform to provide that outcome and to provide ways to make people's jobs and lives much better um, as they're doing things uh, as a customer and as a as an employee of a of, of an organization. Thank you, Corey. That's excellent. And I'm going to conclude by letting people know that they can learn more about this, obviously, on the Veritone website. Under our applications area, you'll find an application for analytics, amongst our other applications, using AI technology in a number of different ways for government, media, entertainment, legal, uh, to name a few. 
Corey, thanks for joining us. We're super thrilled to have you on the team. I look forward to talking to you again about areas of interest in this space and beyond. I uh, hope you have a wonderful day. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Oh, no way, Kevin. The pleasure is all on my end here. Um, definitely appreciate you leading us through a great conversation and hopefully you guys will have me back soon. I look forward to it. Thank you very much, Corey. My pleasure. Cheers, Kevin. Cheers. And I'd like to thank our audience today for listening in to Adventures in AI, the Veritone podcast. Join us again next time when we discuss more ways AI is changing the world and shaping the future for the better. Have a great day. Bye-bye.